Well, it's a long way to Richmond, rolling north on 95. With a redhead riding shotgun and a pistol by my side. Like a modern day Bonnie and Clyde. We met at a truck stop in Johnson City, Tennessee. I was gassing up my fiber and I heard her calling me. Which way are you headed, boy? Do you need some company? She had me stopping at a quick mart Before we made it out of town Next thing she was running at me Telling me to lay that hammer down Oh, there's a man right behind me Doing his best to slow me down yeah, And it's a long way to Richmond Rolling north on 95 With a redhead riding shotgun And a pistol by my side Tearing down that highway like a modern day Barney and Clyde. Stolen marble lads. Thought we never saw him coming. Till they read us both our rights. Yeah, and it's a long way to Richmond. Rolling up on 95. With a sheriff right beside.
mama sat on that old swing with her crochet. It was where granddaddy taught me how to cuss and how to pray. It was where we made our own ice cream, oh, so three summer nights. Where the bulldog had her puppies and us brothers had our fights. There were many nights I'd sit right there and look out at the stars. Through the sound of a distant whippoorwill or the hum of a passing car. And it was where I first got up the nerve to steal me my first kiss. And it was where I learned to play guitar. Pray I had the gift If the world had a front porch Like we did back then We'd still have our problems But we'd all be friends Treating your neighbor like he's your next again Wouldn't be gone with the wind If the world had a front porch Like we Back here. Purple holes and pintos, I've shelled more than my share. Lightning bugs and crickets danced in the evening air. Like a beacon, that old yellow pole, it always led me home. Somehow, Mama always knew just when to leave it all. If the world had a front porch like we did back then, we'd still have our problems, but we'd all be friends. Treating your neighbor like he's your next again wouldn't be gone with the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Pulse tonight. Happy New Year to you all, and thank you for joining. Here we are on the fifth day into the new year. A lot of stuff happening around the world right now, and uh, good thing. Time to look at 2020, put it in our rearview mirror, and kind of not look back. We've had a... uh, a lot of things uh, going on this past year, a lot of them not so good, but uh, we all had, I'm sure, a few blessings along the way also. Once again, thank you for joining tonight and being here on The Pulse. We got a great show ahead of us tonight. Um, we do have Kevin Fraley coming on tonight uh, to do a little bit more fish talk. Kind of excited to have him back. And also... We are going to do some 80s movie trivia. Everyone's been asked about doing a little bit of trivia, so I thought we could throw that into the mix too and 
have a little fun. All righty, let's get on with the announcements here. Once again, Happy New Year. It is Tuesday, January 5th, and things are definitely rolling out there. All right, um, just some news for the area right now. Uh, the COVID uh, vaccinations began yesterday in the Denali borough for, uh, of course, our frontline health care and uh, the emergency medical workers, uh, of course, our first responders, healthcare providers, um, that sort of thing. It did start yesterday. The vaccinations did start yesterday. And they are projecting that it should be uh, done and finished by the end of this week. Um, next on their list is, uh, of course, a big one. Residents uh, age 65 and older will be able to uh, get that vaccination if they so choose to. Um, they're encouraged, uh, everyone's encouraged, of course, to get this vaccination um, for the guidelines. I don't lean one way or the other. But if you do want the vaccination and you do fall in that 65 and older range, um, you can currently get online and do an appointment through COVID vax covidvax.alaska.gov and you can do that beginning uh wednesday the 6th the vaccinations are here in denali they are at the interior community health clinic in healy um it is not listed as a vaccination site um but its uh hopes are to uh be added soon also we will be doing uh testing here uh, shortly um, within the next week or so, from what I understand here in Anderson again, and that will resume. It was just currently waiting for the holidays to go by. Currently, COVID, uh, COVID numbers right now, the no numbers that came in today was there was 217 residents and one non-resident. 42 of those were in Fairbanks. Um, Denali our Denali borough has not reported any new of them. So we are currently at a total number for Denali borough of 59. And there was some good news today. There was new, no new deaths recorded for the COVID. Um, Alaska total deaths are currently at 217. And uh, definitely uh, you can get on the DHS website the alaska.gov uh, website for any of those uh, that information that you would like to share. And uh, also, I do have that information here. So if anyone needs it, you are definitely uh, able to give me a holler here at the Pulse and I could send that information over to you. All right, another big announcement. Um, we do have a celebrity among us. Um, Miss Karen, congratulations. Uh, you served Anderson very proud. Uh, Miss Karen uh, represented and won the Holiday Lights Contest, which is really, really awesome. Um, thank you for doing that. And of course, thank you everyone uh, here on The Pulse for getting on there and voting. And uh, yes, Carl, and a big shout out to Carl too. 
<laughs> Can't forget Carl in that mix. Uh, the home looked beautiful. It still does. And I just find it amazing uh, every time I drive by there in the evening. And sometimes I just take a little detour just to drive by and see it. And, of course, a big shout-out to everyone else here in Anderson who uh, did spend the time to uh, show their Christmas spirit and their lights. And uh, it uh, definitely brought some uh, Christmas cheer here. You could always just black it out and just add to it, and we'll see it next year again. <laughs> also, uh, yep, definitely. I'm sure Carl would like that. He would not mind it whatsoever, unless he's tripping over all the cords out front. <laughs> also, just a reminder that the uh, Denali Borough Assembly um, is meeting, the regular meeting, is going to be January 13th at 6 p.m., that is a uh, virtual meeting, and uh, you are able to provide a public comment. I do have that number here. Uh, it was sent to me today. Uh, came through on the Pulse line for email. Um, like I said, the uh, the Denali Borough Assembly meeting is going to be January 13th at 6 p.m., and if you want to provide any uh, public comments, you can call uh, 683-1330. And, uh, uh, that is a, uh, another thing I was asked to get out on the air tonight. Let's see here. Also Anderson city council next week, uh, second Tuesday of the month at 6 PM. And, uh, of course you're all invited to jump in and, um, get, uh, get in on that. They would appreciate any input that you can give. Our city council, uh, you know, does a lot of things in the background. And uh, you're more than willing. It is open to uh, to get out there and get uh, what you need heard. So remember that the Anderson City Council meets on the second, um, the second Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. And all the info for the... Uh, for the Zoom is on the Anderson City page. All righty. Did have some other stuff here as we're kind of rolling through things. Uh, what did I just do with it? I think I lost one of them. Okay. Also, uh, someone asked me to bring this up again tonight, which I will because it is something that uh, needs to be heard out there. Uh there has been a lot of problems with uh, with trapping lately in our surrounding communities um, where the trappers have been uh, trapping too close to homes and uh, have been nabbing some of the family pets. Um, currently, last week, there was three that were trapped in the Healy area. And we just want to make sure that... Uh, we get that word out there. Of course, we all know a few trappers here in the area, our long-termers here. And, of course, if you do see anyone trapping, please make sure that you get the word out that they get into a proper area. And, um, you know, we got plenty of room in Alaska to trap. We don't have to be trapping on top of each other. And, of course, too close to where um, kids and pets and everything else can, you know, get caught in these traps. 
we do have a lot of kids in Anderson and our surrounding communities. I know because I see them doing the day, uh, out playing around, course sledding, that sort of thing. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, we want to do, uh, of course, that's part of our the heritage here in Alaska is trapping, hunting, fishing, of course. But uh, just don't get complacent. And uh, keep that reminder in the back of your head to make sure that you are doing it safely. All righty. Uh, also, announcements. Uh, just a reminder to uh, throw a little plug out here for Clear Sky. Um, they're currently open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., uh, seven days a week right now. And just a reminder that the grill is open 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, also, Roughwoods in Ninana is currently serving chow and i believe their hours are 8 a.m to 6 p.m all righty okay that just about does it for announcements right now um do we have anything else you're welcome to put it up on the screen right now uh i can get those out over the air i think i covered most of them uh let's see here I got one coming in right now. Oh, uh, just someone just made a comment that uh, the number that I provided for the Alaska Attorney General, someone did make a call uh, to them, and uh, the people there at the Attorney General's office was very nice and did answer some questions for them. Great. Thank you. I'm glad that uh, that did work out. I can go ahead and, matter of fact, all the... Let me throw that up there on the screen one more time in case you guys want to write it down and need it. Uh, let's see here. All right, I just put that up in the chat line there. That's the phone number for the Alaska Attorney General's uh, office, 269-5100. Also, just a reminder here, uh, of course, our, our city buildings are open and active, uh, along with the DMV and post office. Um, they are on a appointment-only basis uh, right now. So if you do need a face-to-face, -face, you do need to call and make an appointment. Um, the business hours are normal right there right now, and, of course, you can always reach them by phone. Um, but just a reminder that uh, walk-ins are uh, not being taken right now, and you do need to set up an appointment, both for the DMV and the city office. All righty. Anything else that you guys want me to throw out there? Uh, open right now. I think I pretty much covered the announcements. Other than uh, great time over New Year's Eve. It was great at Clear Sky in the uh, bonfire. Turnout was awesome. Got to see some neat pictures from you guys. And... Uh, Glad that uh, we could all get together and be a part of that. Also, we are not forgetting about what we're doing uh, for the pavilion. Um, we were just kind of waiting for things to pass for the holidays. And uh, we're going to get some stuff together. Matter of fact, there were some ideas out there, um, some other ideas for the get-togethers out there at the pavilion. And uh, as things progress, I will make sure and keep you guys updated. All right, like I said, tonight do, uh, we do have a, a guest call in tonight. 
Mr. Kevin Fraley is going to be calling in and uh, tonight's uh, fish talk. We haven't had fish talk for a while. And Kevin is going to uh, talk to us about pike fishing. And matter of fact, he just came back from pike fishing the other day. And uh, he's going to give us a little bit of story on the pike fishing here in the area. And uh, we'll have a little fun with that. And, oh, look at this. We do have a caller. Let me get that here. Good evening. You are live on the Pulse. Hello. Hello. Can you hear you. me? <laughs> we can hear you now. Okay. All right. I, I It's new to me, so I just calling in, doing a uh, check-in. Yeah. Call in. Well, glad to, glad to have you on the air, Miss Robin. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for the setup, Brett. I appreciate <laughs> You're it. You're very welcome. <laughs> well, good. You just did your first live test. I so did. <laughs> you did. Look at you go. <laughs> All right. Feel pretty We're all good. Listen right? in. <laughs> Definitely. And stick around because we are going to have some uh, trivia later. And I hope oh, to get no. two callers. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm not that, I'm not that old yet. No, nah, none of us are. We just keep going. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> well, I'm hey, glad. Hey, I just want to throw it out there that uh, yeah, Karen Southwood, Carl, yeah, their house looked beautiful with Christmas lights, as well as uh, Kay Hawkins, definitely, and Quentin and Margaret Rathbone. Oh yes, you're very right. Okay, good. Great shout-outs for them, definitely. Yeah. Uh, hey, Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year, Robin. I'm glad to glad to hear that uh, you can get on the air now. Like I said, we're <laughs> going to do a little trivia in a little while here, so I'm sure the uh, the banter will start, start rocking here shortly, especially when we get all of you guys on there. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Here it comes. <laughs> all right. All righty, thank you, and talk to you soon. Yep. All right, Robin. How do I hang this up? I can take care of it for you, my dear. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you bet. All righty. Thank you for calling in, Robin. Uh, yes, we're. I was thinking about that. Karen just threw that out there. Are we calling in for trivia? I thought it'd be kind of cool. I can kind of do a little points thing on the side. We could uh, uh, kind of see where we're all at. Tonight's trivia, yeah, let's do it, uh, definitely. Um, the more the merrier. Uh, we can uh, start out, like I said, tonight's, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I did uh, send uh, Miss Eileen an invite. Uh, matter of fact, I, I had uh, messaged with her yesterday. Eileen, I know you're on there right now. Were you able to get something to set up to call in for the show? We'd love to have you on the show here, especially for the trivia tonight. Let's see if I can see here. You can type it in the box there, too. Type it in the chat area. Oh, good deal. Awesome. It looks like uh, 
she did get something set up so she will give that a try so yeah a little uh later on the show here tonight we'll do a little 80s uh trivia and play around and see how much fun we can have with it oh well you look at this all right good evening you're live on the pulse All righty, just checking to see if it worked. Yay! It works wonderful. <laughs> all right, cool, cool. You're getting all sorts of thumbs up on the side here on the site for you that uh, you are you are live. <laughs> all righty, I'm glad I'm not dead. <laughs> That's exactly right. Happy New Year to you, Miss Eileen. <laughs> and you too, and we'll play later. <laughs> yep. Definitely. All righty. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Sure. I will talk to you soon. All righty. Yay. Look at us. We got a bunch of new callers that are uh, going to be calling in now since they know that they can get through it. <laughs> Big yay for Eileen and Miss Robin. And I see that definitely. Yes, definitely equipped. <laughs> All righty, let's get on with the show tonight. Um, we're going to get Mr. Kevin Fraley on the air right now, and let's get moving on some fish talk. So, Kevin, if you're on the air, I do see you on the air. You can go ahead and call in right now, whether using the uh, app. It looks like you are live and coming in. All righty. Good evening, Kevin, and welcome to The Pulse tonight. Hey, good evening, Brett. Can you hear me okay? I can definitely hear you okay, and Happy New Year to you, Kevin. Yeah, same to you. All righty. Well, it looks like we got a bunch of uh, a new going to have some new callers here and there, and uh, see our New Year's is definitely pointing in the right direction. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's great. All right. For everyone that uh, first time joining the show, I see that we do have a number of new listeners tonight. Uh, Mr. Kevin Fraley is our fish guy. Fish guy. <laughs> he is definitely uh, the man with the plan when it comes to fish here in Alaska. He has been gracious enough to join our show and be part of our uh, Anderson community here and uh, gives us some talks and some uh help and kind of guidelines us on fishing here in Alaska and um, everyone's really enjoyed it. So Kevin, glad to have you on the air tonight. I'm sure everyone is too. And I'm just going to open the floor here to you and let you roll with it. That sounds good. Thanks Brett. And uh, happy new year to everybody. Thanks for having me on again. Um, and so like Brett mentioned, I'm a fisheries biologist for the wildlife conservation society but I get down to Anderson quite a bit. So I like calling into the show and, and checking in and see, seeing how everybody's doing in the community. It's, it's really fun to, to listen in. Um, so I think tonight we'll talk a little bit about pike. I think that was the, the consensus last time we, we talked because there was some uh, interest from folks about pike fishing. So I thought I'd just go through some pike biology, um, a little bit about where pike are in your guys' area, and then get into some uh, pike fishing regulations and tactics, if that sounds good. Definitely. Sounds great. You've got, you always have it uh, planned out very well for us here. So I don't <laughs> worry about that. <laughs> all righty, Kevin, it's all yours. 
Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Sometimes planning out's good, but sometimes it can be too, uh, you know, formulaic. So it's good to kind of wing it once in a while, but I'll, yes, I'll try my best here. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so first I'll start out with a little bit of pike biology. So, um, if you guys are, are familiar with pike, they are found in Alaska, Canada, even Europe, basically throughout the North kind of, it's called circumpolar when they're just distributed throughout the North kind of around the world. Um, they're also non-native or introduced in several places, including our own South Central Alaska and also places in the lower 48. Um, in Alaska, they're native north of the Alaska Range in lakes and rivers. They, they kind of like slow-moving uh, rivers and big lakes. And there's one kind of oddball population in southeast Alaska near Yakutat, um, which is kind of cool. So north of the Alaska Range, they're native. And then a little tiny um population in a few lakes down near Yakutat, which they're kind of a, uh, a relic from the glacial period when ice covered much of the, the state. Somehow they um, survived in this little area down there in Southeast Alaska. So that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. um, they're, and then they're, they've been introduced into South Central Alaska. People have, you know, put them into the rivers and lakes there and they've kind of, um, I guess, uh, reproduced and spread, which has caused a bit of a problem. So I'll talk about that later too. But, um, so pike can live 15 to 25 years. Um, so they're a fairly long lived fish, not quite as short of a lifespan as a rainbow trout, but they don't live as long as a grayling or a, a lake trout or some of the other Alaskan fishes. Um, when they're young, they usually eat aquatic insects because uh, their mouths aren't big enough to go after their, their favorite prey, which is when they're larger, they go after other fish. And that's known as piscivory when they go after other fish. Um, they can also eat their own, so they're, they're cannibalistic. If there's not a lot of prey fish in a lake, they'll start eating smaller pike. Okay. And and sometimes they'll even eat ducklings, muskrats, mice. They're pretty uh, aggressive, and they'll they'll go after anything that moves. Sometimes, so they're okay. they're you know known to be um, to be the kind of the top predator in the aquatic environments where they are okay. in the fish world, anyway. Someone just threw out a comment out there about them being an invasive species. Isn't that bad, or is it something that they've just kind of had to deal with here in Alaska? Yeah. It well, there's so there's differences between what's considered non-native and what's invasive. So something could be non-native, but people um, are okay with it. Like for example, stocked rainbow trout in interior Alaska. They're they're not naturally occurring there, but they're not considered invasive. They just are non-native, but pike in this case, you're right, are invasive in South Central Alaska, which means they're not not only are they non-native, but they're a problem and they're spreading. Um, and I'll get into that a little more. But basically, the problem is they they love to eat small salmon, and so places where those pike have um, established in South Central Alaska, they've had a bad effect on the or negative effect on the salmon runs there. So okay, yeah. So um, there's, I'll talk about it in a little bit too, but there's, you know, very liberal limits as to how many pike you can keep down there to try to control them and, and get the, get the salmon a little bit of relief. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. They were, they were just talking about that. Uh, of course, in down in South central was another right. one of them. Um, and of course you did bring that up. Okay. Good question. All yeah. Right. So they're, so they're invasive in South Central, and then they were invasive on the Kenai Peninsula, but they've been eradicated. They've poisoned them out of the lakes that they were in there. So, okay. Um, and then they're native native to Southeast Alaska, and then north of the Alaska Range, basically. Oh, okay. So, actually, it looks like someone is actually calling in with a question right now. 
Oh, okay. Add that in. All righty, you are live on the pulse with Kevin Fraley. Hey, Kevin. Robin Sutton here of Anderson. Hi, Robin. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Just a minute. Just a minute. No problem. <laughs> it's all she new to me. Getting used to hey, her. Um, we we have a, a invasive population of pike and long pond here at Claire Anderson. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know if they've been transported or, well, you know, that I'm not realizing where they came from. So I'm asking if, if Fish and Game put them in there or what's going on? Yeah, that's a good question. And so, you know, what it's known as bucket biology, where people will, if they see a lake that they want to be able to fish, they often move fish themselves, which is kind of frowned upon. But that happens a lot in interior Alaska. And that's probably the case with this pond where maybe it's a gravel pit or it didn't have fish naturally, but somebody, you know, whoever, maybe an angler threw in some pike and they established a population in there. So that's what I would guess is happening there. I don't think they would be considered invasive unless they were, you know, detrimental to a species that was already there because they're within, okay. they're still within their native range, you know, in interior Alaska, they're native here, but just not to that pond. Right. So. Right. Well, we, we, there's been so much water and, uh, uh, not commercial, but, you know, private, fishermen go out there for sport, you know, a day of Sunday fishing. And so I, I just wondering, Fish and Game didn't, didn't put them in there. No, Fish and Game doesn't really stock pike. They, they do, you know, those, like I talked about in the previous show, they'll stock rainbow trout and char, but the fish that they stock can't reproduce. They um, genetically treat them so that they're sterile. So those okay. pike would have just been thrown in by somebody, you know, who wanted fish in there, which technically is illegal. You're not allowed to transport live fish right. or move them to other water bodies in Alaska, but it's been done a lot. You know, that's why we have pike and gravel pit ponds throughout Fairbanks here. So. Right. Well, that, well, okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Just asking, because uh, there's no pike down at Clear Creek got a couple of salmon, you know, that spawned, and then we got grayling, but no pike. Right. So someone had to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the theoretically a pike could have swam up from the Ninana if there's a connection, but that is, I I'm not familiar with that lake, but I'll, I'll definitely look into that and, and see if I can find anything on it. That's a good question. We're at, okay. definitely planning on this summer doing some exploring in our area, Miss Robin. And uh, we're going to uh, see if we can uh, uh, get some more answers to those kind of questions, especially for what we have in our ponds around here and uh, yes. go with it from there. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, Robin. Thanks. thanks for the question. That's a good one. Uh, I look forward to, to checking out that, you know, that situation. It's great to hear some of these local accounts about what might be in there and what's going on. Cause that's the best way oftentimes for, fisheries biologists to get information is to talk to people on the ground. So. Yeah.
Definitely. Thank you for calling in, Robin. Really appreciate it. Uh, Karen just uh, threw up a um, just a note here that Long Pond, I think, has some right by the railroad. Um, I do know that uh, there are some railroad markers up there that are pretty close to the tracks where the pond starts to uh, move close to it. Um, matter of fact, I don't know how deep off the tracks that they do, but that is one of the ponds that I did talk to you about, um, Kevin, that uh, we want to get in there and see what kind of stuff's in there and uh, maybe kind of, kind of good information for what we have to fish around here also. All yeah. righty. Sorry for that little break there. I kind of rambled on. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. We, it's good to get a discussion going rather than me just rattling stuff off. It's nice there to have go. some back and forth. So, All righty. Okay, Kevin, roll on. Cool. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely look up that lake. I'm sure if it's landlocked, if there's no you know river or creek that attaches to it, I'm sure somebody just put the pike in there. Otherwise, it's possible they swam in at some point, too. But, okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, yep. So I was talking about what they were eating. Sometimes they'll eat ducklings, even muskrats and mice. And then a little bit about their, their migration. They don't really move that far during their life lifespan, unlike grayling or uh, rainbow trout, which can move quite long distances, but they'll undertake kind of small migrations in and out of lakes. Like for, in, uh, for example, in Minto flats, they'll move into the big lakes to spawn and then they'll, they'll kind of disperse out into the rivers after that. So there's small migrations like that, but they don't typically swim a long ways. They're not known to be real good swimmers like a salmon. Um, they're kind of, instead of aerobic swimming, swimming, they do a lot of anaerobic swimming. So real short bursts, but very fast. Whereas a salmon can swim for a long time at a sustained speed. So they're a little different that way. Oh, okay. Uh, so they're pike, of course, they're popular to fish for. And I'm sure many of you guys have, have gone after them because they get pretty big and they can strike really hard. Um, it's exciting when one hits your lure or whatever. And also they can be pretty tasty if you can figure out how to um, kind of fillet them, right? They've got these bones in them called Y bones that can kind of be tricky. They're, they're large bones that get stuck in the throat. So, so yeah. it's, um, there's ways that you can fillet them where you get rid of those bones. Otherwise, usually I just kind of fillet them like a normal fish and then nibble very small bites off my uh, pieces of fish so that I don't swallow one of the bones. But the meat is very tasty, kind of white meat. It's similar to almost like rockfish or, or cod. It's it's very good um, if you can get those bones out of there, of course. And just for some some kind of cool facts, the state record pike is uh, 38 pounds out of the Inoko River, which is a tributary of the Yukon. Um, and it's kind of that river is known, I guess, world renowned for big pike. Um, it doesn't have the world record though. The world record is actually from Germany, and it's a 55 pound pike, which is a heck of a pike. Wow. So interesting that those pike in Europe get that big. Um, usually we think everything's bigger in Alaska or Canada, but Germany's got, got us beat there for some reason. So <laughs> wow. my theory is they probably put a sinker down its throat or something to add a little few pounds. Add a few. To it. <laughs> <laughs> a little lead weight. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then, you know, like we talked about with some of the other fish in the state of Alaska, you can get a trophy certificate if you get a really large fish. So for pike, uh, if you catch one that's 15 pounds or larger, you can get a certificate if you bring in the fish to fish and game and have them weigh it, which is kind of a cool thing to put on your wall. And then there's also a catch and release certificate that you can get um, where if you want to let the pike go, you just take a picture of it against a measuring tape, and that has to be 40 inches or larger, which is a really, really big pike. I've never caught one that big. Um, so pretty high bar there. You might have to go out to the Inoko River or somewhere out in the Yukon to get a really big one like that. But. Right. 
I guess there's big one that big in Minto Flats, but they're very smart. They're old and they're wary, so they're hard to catch. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so that's a bit about their their biology. Um, and like I mentioned, they're they're not a very good swimmer. Like they're not a salmon where they're going to swim for hours up up into current. They like slow moving current or still water, and they've got that anaerobic burst, which it's kind of a, a detriment to them if they're trying to swim long distances or against current. But yeah. when they're trying to ambush their prey, there's really no faster fish. If you've ever seen a pike um, strike at a fish, they come out of nowhere. They're just so fast. And that's the, the uh, advantage of that anaerobic muscle. They can go from, you know, zero to 60 and, and you know, the blink of an eye. So it's very, and, all, and also um, they don't use a lot of energy like salmon do. They're going to be using a lot of energy because they have to have blood going through their aerobic muscles to keep going. Whereas pike, their anaerobic muscle it's kind of like they, you know, it's like pay as you go. They, they use their muscle when they need it. So, so they have to, yeah. And they have to eat a lot less compared to salmon or, or have a lot less um, uh, energy reserves. So they, sometimes they could eat something and go for quite a while, you know, especially in the winter when water's cold and the digestion's slow and they don't need a lot of energy. They can go a long time without eating. So there's some, you know, de- downsides and upsides to kind of how they go about how they do, do life and how they swim. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a bit about the biology. Um, I'll get into a little bit of our, our pike here in interior Alaska. So as you, as many of you guys know, Minto Flats is kind of the premier location in the area, and it's not too far away from you there. Um, and those are the, the large lakes connected to the Tolavana River, the Tanana River, the, the Chattanooga River, um, where those pikes spend a lot of time. And it's such good pike habitat because it's, uh, it's weedy, it's shallow, it's still water, and there's a lot of prey in there for them, a lot of small fish like sculpins, lake chubs, and whitefish that they can eat. So that's why they do so well out there. And it's uh, such a popular popular place, in fact, that there's a couple uh, float plane businesses in Fairbanks that fly clients out there to catch pike. So it's it's uh, you know it's well known within the state, probably not you know nationally or anything, but it's a very good destination right here in our kind of our backyard. And if you if you've got a, a good riverboat, you can get there and get get there yourself without having to pay for the flight. So that's pretty cool too. Okay. Um, of course, any basically any slough connected to the Tanana or even the lower Ninana um, might have pike in it. So you don't have to go all the way out to Minto Flats either. If you find a nice little slough that's off the, the main channel, um, you're likely to find pike in there. And here near Fairbanks, we have them in the Chena River as well because it's kind of clear water. The pike don't like being out in the Tanana or the Ninana, like the main river, because it's strong current and they can't see in there because it's silty. They'll go out there in the winter when the silt kind of um, the silt uh, subsides and it becomes clearer out there because the glaciers stop churning out that silt in the winter. So they will be out in those glacial rivers in the winter, and that's probably when they move in between places and they make some migrations. But in the summer, they're in kind of the clear water sloughs and rivers like the Chena. Um, and then, like we talked about, there's many, many gravel pit ponds where they've just been thrown into by people, and, and they're very... Um, you know, prolific, they can, they can uh, make a population in those ponds pretty quickly. Um, And they are sometimes subject to overfishing if a lot of people uh, go after them, but they, a female pike produces half a million eggs, a large one. So they, um, they're they're, They can reproduce pretty quickly and keep up with any angler um, pressure for the most part. Okay. Do they prefer deep water, shallow water, or is it just kind of a mix and doesn't matter? It depends. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, it depends on the season because so when they're spawning, they're definitely in shallow water because they right. uh, basically right. broadcast their eggs into weeds. They they have, the eggs are sticky, so they'll stick to weeds. So they're definitely in the shallows then. 
Um, and then sometimes you will find them deep, especially later in the summer when like the shallow waters get maybe too warm for them. Uh-huh. They'll go out deep. And it depends on uh, what kind of food is in their lake. If there's a lot of like Cisco species that like to live a little deeper or sculpins, they'll be down deep. If they're kind of going after things on the surface, like you know ducklings or muskrats or mice, and they don't have a lot of other food, they'll stay in shallow where those animals will be easier found. So it definitely depends on the season, the location, and um, you know some sometimes pike just do wacky things where you find them in strange places. Like this summer, one was found in a in a ditch in Fairbanks. You know, I don't know how it got in there, or why it went in there, but they they definitely uh, are curious, and they'll you'll find them you know in any any sort of place. They they'll go into any habitat almost. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, we talked a little bit about other Alaska pike populations. So in the south central area, uh, mainly the Susitna River, they've been introduced there and they're considered invasive um, and they love to eat those small salmon. And so Fish and Game is conducting control efforts, especially at uh, places like Alexander Lake, which used to be, used to have a really strong king salmon run that's basically has no salmon, no king salmon coming back now because those pike just chow down on the young salmon. Um, and that's kind of a, a special case because usually king salmon don't go into, um, you know, what you would consider to be really good pike habitat, which is kind of shallow and weedy areas, salmon, like, you know, really fresh, fast flowing streams. But right. for some reason, the, this king salmon run in Alexander Creek, Alexander Lake, they go through this lake. That's great pike habitat too. So the pike have really, um, taken, a, you know, taken down that run for the most part. So fish and game goes out there and they do lots of netting. I think they were even considering using dynamite at one point to blast some of the pike. <laughs> so they're, <coughs> excuse me, they're pretty serious about it. Alabama fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the current director of the sport fish division, his name is Dave Rutz and he works for fishing game. And he was for a long time, the leader on that project out at Alexander Lake, trying to get rid of those pike. He was kind of an old school guy that, um, really, you know, he, he, he wanted to get creative, uh, with like the dynamite and stuff, ways to get the, the pike out of there. So, yeah, but yeah, so now I think mostly what they're doing is just doing a lot of netting and then they also encourage anglers to catch a lot. So they'll, um, you know, there's no limit on pike down there and you actually cannot release pike. If you catch one, you have to keep it or kill it. So that's one way that they kind of are trying to re- rehabilitate that salmon population and, and knock the pike down. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll tickle in my throat. Um, and then, you know, I also mentioned, I also mentioned the, the Kenai. Um, there was a couple lakes down there that had pike. Somebody threw in and they, the fishing game went ahead and poisoned those out. And so now the Kenai is considered pike free basically. Okay. Um, also, you know, Western Alaska, like the Inoko river and the Yukon is a really well-known uh, pike fishery. A lot of people go out there, but of course you have to have uh, fairly deep pockets or a good river boat to get out there. Right. And um, some other places I mentioned like uh, Yakutat in Southeast Alaska, where there's this weird little pike population in some of the lakes there. It's kind of an oddity, but that's one place they're at. And then also on the North slope and a few of the larger lakes, but they're not very widespread. So just more of the bigger, bigger lakes near the coast. Some of them in the North slope will have pike. Yeah. So that's what we got in our state. Um, and I'll get into some of the fishing regulations for pike. That's probably what most people are interested in because they're a pretty popular fish to catch. They're a lot of fun. So, you know, especially for, for kids too, if you find the right pike, they're very aggressive and they'll bite hard and, and they're kind of a fun fish to, to examine too. They're just, they look like a crocodile or something, you know, they're just a right. really neat looking fish. I posted some pictures on the, the Pulse page of 
some underwater shots of pike and different ways of catching them. If, if you guys haven't seen that, I, I just did that recently, so probably nobody has seen them yet, but you can get an idea of what they look like. They're just pretty, pretty unique fish, uh, very streamlined and very predatory. They're really fun to, to watch if you ever see them. You know, they are hard to see because they move really slow unless they're striking and they blend in well. But if you get a chance to watch one, you know, especially right. if they're going after something like a duckling, it's pretty exciting to, to see them in action. So, um, so Uzi just posted on there. Um, let's see here. Uh, Sport Lake and Stormy Lake reminded on the Kenai Peninsula. Those were the couple oh, okay. of lakes that the fishing game poisoned to get them gone. Cool. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with what was going on down there. I just know it was an issue for a while. They were actually wondering if the pike might be swimming across Cook Inlet from the Susitna because right. pike aren't usually known to go through salt water. But I think they concluded, based on some some science they were doing, uh, like some chemistry, they concluded that somebody must have dumped them in there and that they didn't probably didn't swim across Cook Inlet, which makes sense. Right. Yeah. The good so, old fish dump. It seems like there's some weird stuff that shows up down on the Kenai. Like I think sometime, one time somebody found a crawdad or a bass down there. You know, people throw some weird stuff into the lakes there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think those kind of animals will last very long in Alaska just because of the extreme conditions in the winter. And, right. Um, but, yeah, once in a while you find an oddity like that. Yeah. I guess there was some goldfish in a lake in Anchorage for a while. But, you know, people throw stuff in for whatever reason, they don't want to keep them. If it's an aquarium pet or for pike, you know, they, they throw them somewhere cause they want to go fish them later once they get bigger. But, yeah. But technically all that's illegal. You're not supposed to be moving fish around. So, right. Okay. Good. Info. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll get into some, some fishing regulations um, for our Tana, Tanana area, which would include you guys on the new Nana um, for rod and reel fishing. Pike are open year round and you can have up to two lines. So you could have two, um, you know, like two ice fishing lines, two rod and reels, or you could have an ice fishing line and a tip up, which is a kind of a set line with bait that and the little flag goes up if the fish takes it. Right. So there's a couple options you can do with that. Um, and we talked about with burbot throughout the Tanana area drainage, you have to have a hook gap, uh, between the point and the shank, the three quarter inch or greater. If you're using bait, um, right. if you're not using bait, like if you're using a spinner or something, you can use a smaller hook, but pike do like bait. Uh, especially in the winter, they're they're really keyed in on scent. Although they will hit things without bait, you know, a spinner or a, or a bright brightly colored fly, they will go after that if you don't want right. to use bait. Okay. Um, okay. If you're using a tip up, you can you can use well, like I said, two lines at max in the Tanana area drainage, and it, it says it has to be closely attended, which basically means you have to be within sight of it uh, uh -huh. that you can get to it quickly. And those tip-ups are, are pretty effective. Like oftentimes I'll put herring on there or a little bit of whitefish and you just um, put it down below the, the surface of the ice. And once the, the pike grabs a hold of it, he'll kind of pull on it and a little flag goes up as the spool unwinds. So you can see your flag go up and you go over there quietly, kind of tiptoe over. And you, there's a lot of schools of thought about when you're supposed to jerk on the line to set the hook. I'm not very good at it. I miss probably half the pike that tip the, the tip up, but it is pretty exciting because you can yeah. run, you know, run over there, but also try to be quiet and then grab the, the tip up. So it's kind of a fun way to do it. Okay. And sometimes, you know, it depends on the lake and the pike. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll really like the dead bait it's called, which is just something that's sitting there without any motion, like a dead herring on a tip up. Sometimes they'll really like that. Sometimes yeah. they want movement. So sometimes you need to jig. Sometimes the tip up will work. It's just dependent on the, the lake and sometimes both works. It's all kind of just trial and error to find out what's best 
if you're ice fishing. Um, also, as I alluded to, I think you can spear and even bowfish for pike. Um, but if you look at the regs, that's only open from September 1st through April 30th. And it, it kind of excludes places like Harding Lake or Minto Flats, I believe. Um, so that's that's a kind of a cool way to get pike. You got to, obviously, if you're going to shoot one with a bow or spear, you got to be pretty close to them and you got to sneak up on them. That's pretty tough to do in the summer. But in the ice, a lot of people, or through the ice, a lot of people do like to spear uh, pike. And so that's a kind of a fun way to, to go after them. For that one, you, of course, have to uh, to kind of saw a really big hole in the ice, which can be difficult if you're doing that right. in the winter. Uh, in the summer, it would be a little easier, but it's harder to get closer to pike unless you're on a boat, maybe, if you're spearing or bowfishing. Okay. I've never I've never bowfished for them. I've you know bowfished for carp, never gone after a pike. Then I, this last trip that you mentioned, I, I went out to a lake near Delta Junction. We did spear a couple pike because we had them just coming in right under the hole and did bring my spear, so... That was pretty cool. Um, and some more regulations in the Tanana drainage. You can keep five pike per day, but only one of those can be over 30 inches long. So the real big guys, you gotta, you can only keep one. Okay. Uh, 30 inches is what I consider a trophy pike. So anything bigger than that is great. And like I said, I've never got one as big as 40 inches, but that's what Fishing Game considers you know, a trophy pike for a catch and release certificate anyway. And that's a very big pike that's, probably a 34 inch pike which is you know i've caught a few that big they they're from you know five to seven you know even more than seven pounds some of them depending on how fat they are so something right. that's right. up to 40 pounds is probably going to be you know 15 pounds or 12 to 15 pounds i would imagine which is a pretty big pike um and then in the in our area here there's some a few places that have special special regulations for pike harding lake uh, which is over towards delta junction you're not allowed to keep any pike there the pike in that lake got overfished in the past and the population just hasn't rebounded. It's you know, that lake is so close to Fairbanks and other communities that it just got fished really hard. Um, and the pike have been closed for fishing for quite some time. And then also Volkmar Lake out near Delta, the limit is smaller there. You can only keep two per day instead of five. I would imagine that's similar, a similar situation where the pike population has been fished quite a bit and they're a little bit down. So they're protecting yeah. them. Okay. Uh, Minto Flats, of course, uh, it's uh, it's the five five fish per day, but it's open only June first through October fourteenth. That's Minto Flats, and that includes also the Chattanooga River, Tolavana River, um, the Tatalina as well. Pretty much all those rivers that flow into Minto Flats, they have uh, just a, a more narrow season than everything else, just because that's also a pretty heavily fished area, and so they're protecting the population there. So that's our regulations for our for our Tanana area. Um, I kind of mentioned already, but the South Central in, in South Central there, where they're invasive, there's no limit on pike, and you're actually you get in trouble if you don't if you uh, release the pike. You you must keep them or kill them. So okay. In the Yukon drainage, you can keep ten per day. There's no size limit, um, although there are some special regulations for the Inoko River, which I mentioned, the Dahl River, and the Nowitna. So that's kind of, if you've got a riverboat or you can fly out, the Yukon's a really cool place to go after them because they're bigger and you can keep right. more of them. And they're, you know, that's kind of the trophy spots. I've never been out there, but someday I'd like to go. <laughs> All right, that's pretty much the regs. Um, and I'll go into a little bit about how to catch them, if that sounds good. Yeah, there was one question that popped up on the uh, chat line here. It said, uh, can the eggs stick to the boat and get transported from the lake to lake? Or would they die yeah. off? 
theoretically they could and another thing too is you know a lot of times times your boat gets a little bit of vegetation on it or something from the lake and that would potentially be a way they would they could move around as well you know there's a lot of worry about that because there's some invasive plants that can move around on float planes or boats so you know potentially a pike egg could be stuck to a piece of weed and if it's not a long flight or drive the egg is still wet and it doesn't die then it could potentially be transported that way but that seems like a, it'd be a long shot for enough of e- enough eggs to get to a, a different place that would start a population. You'd probably need a, a decent number of eggs over there. So, and there's only a short period in the springtime, which is usually like right when the ice is going out. So it's probably when boats aren't really going to be on the lakes anyway, because there's too much ice for uh, launching the boat. That's when the, the eggs are in, you know, in the weeds and they, I think they incubate for about 30 days and then they're, they hatch. So it's certainly possible, uh, but uh, maybe, maybe not very likely. You know, anything's possible. So, okay, okay, good, yeah. good question. Yeah, that brings up a good point. You always want to you know, clean your boat or your equipment that you're using at one lake before you move to another because you don't want to be transporting uh, invasive species like Elodia is the the species that we have here around Fairbanks, which has also gotten into a slough down in near Ninana, I think, Tolchakit Slough. So mm-hmm. it, it can easily be spread even just by a little tiny bit of weed that's stuck on your boat or whatever it'll right. it'll multiply quick um so that's it's always important to clean your gear when you're moving between um water bodies okay good info good info all right i'll go uh i won't try to uh, drone on too long here but i'll talk about a few ways um, for how to catch pike so the best fishing for them is is in late spring or summer um and they're not quite as active when the water temperatures get low in early spring and the fall and you can go after them with spin rods, fly fishing, or ice fishing. I talked a little bit about ice fishing. You can use tip-ups or your ice fishing rod. Um, they're still You can still catch them pretty good in the winter. They're a little less active. But if you find a good spot where there's a lot of pike spending the winter, you're going to do well for them. And then um, with spin fishing, it's best to use spinners or spoons. Um, you can even use, like, uh, some people use buzz baits, things that you use for bass down in the lower 48, really big, bright flashy um, lures if the pike are really aggressive or really big yeah. it kind of depends on the fish you can use something like that uh, which is pretty exciting if you use a big buzz bait that's kind of flapping around on the surface when you get a strike it's going to be uh, pretty ferocious so. yeah big time uh, for fly fishing usually you use big weighted streamers that kind of look like a small bait fish that a pike might go after and you can um, kind of cast them out and, and strip them back quickly so that it looks like a fleeing fish and they'll hit that occasionally just like those those big spin fishing baits you can use uh, topwater flies which sometimes they simulate a mouse or even a frog and they kind of plop along on the surface like a you know a bass popper and that'll attract a hit from a pike that's kind of a fun way to get them too but the fish need to be very active and aggressive for that to work well um, for any of the fishing you do, you want a wire leader because they've got those crazy big teeth that'll slip, that'll snip through any monofilament. So you need that wire leader. Otherwise you're going to lose a lot of your gear. And, um, yeah, so that's a necessity for sure. Okay. okay. I've gotten a couple good bites from Pike myself too on my fingers. So definitely, uh, pliers are well, very important to have and don't ever stick your finger in a Pike's mouth. <laughs> Yes, uh, Susie just posted. Yeah, they hurt when they bite. They are a nasty yeah. fish, and they are kind of mean. <laughs> yeah, they draw some blood. That's for sure. Even a little one. Right. <laughs> All right. 
Um, and so they, they can be, they can range in how eager they are to bite. Sometimes they can be very eager, especially if you're out somewhere more remote, they're going to go after almost anything. But if let's say you go after one at a gravel pit pond near Fairbanks, they might be pretty wary if they've been caught a few times recently. Um, they do learn a little bit if they've, if they've been caught by anglers. So it kind of depends on the location and the season, um, as to how eager they're going to be to bite. Also, the size is important. A really big pike is older and smarter, and they're less likely to bite, so you got to work harder to trick them. But the smaller ones particularly can be really good fish for kids to catch because um, they're willing biters and they're fun to watch. And they, uh, you know, just don't let your kid put the, put his finger in the, the pike's mouth, that's all. But otherwise, they're good good fish for kids. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you can use bait too if you're in uh, either ice fishing or spin fishing and the regulations allow it. Definitely check your regu- regulations to see if you can use bait. But something like herring or uh, whitefish are great bait for pike. They, they do use their sense of smell a lot. They're, they're also very visual predators, but if they smell something good, they'll hit it. Um, so a fish like a herring on a, on a hook can be very effective because it looks like a whole fish that is potentially wounded or alive. So they'll, they love that sometimes. Right. Um, if you're ice fishing, I usually use like a bucktail jig, kind of a heavy jig or a squid jig. Uh, and then if you can use bait, use whitefish, herring. Some people even swear by hot dogs, surprisingly. If you put hot dogs on your tip up or on your jig, that apparently works. I've never tried that. But uh, anything smelly or, or uh, you know, brightly colored, they'll go after. So. Okay. And, and rivers... Yeah. In rivers, they are in those sloughs, like I said, or deep pools in lakes. Typically, they hang out near weeds or other structures where they can ambush prey. But like I said, sometimes they can be a deeper water depending on the season. And then if you want to catch and release your pike or even just to pull the hook out after you've killed it, have those really heavy-duty pliers. And if you can get ones that are really long to keep your fingers as far away from their mouth as possible, that's good too. If you're um, catching and releasing them, they are a pretty tough fish. So they're hard to hurt, but try not to keep them out of the water too long like any fish, especially on hot days. And you can, if they're really hooked bad and you can't get at the hook and you want to let them go, you can just cut the line and leave the hook in the fish. And studies have shown that usually they'll survive. That hook just rusts out or falls out over time. So those are some fishing tips. Happy to field any questions about those. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about a couple stories and some research in the area, but that's kind of nothing too important. So I'll just kind of maybe open it up at this point and see if there's any more questions, if that sounds good. Okay. All righty. Let me go ahead and open the lines up here. I'll go ahead and open the app line along with the pulse line here. And uh, let's see, do we have any questions for Kevin for any of the pike or any other fishing question that we have for our area? Uh, let's see here. Looks like I <laughs> are you able, Kevin? I, you know, I've never asked you that. Are you able to see the uh, the comments while you're on the line with me? Yeah, I can see them on the app when it's on my phone. So, oh, okay. Uh, let's see. It looks like uh, I mean, just posted up there. Let's see. Our first summer up here, seventy six. Oh, okay. Lived by the Tina. River, the boys went fishing, caught a nice stringer of grayling, came running home telling dad the river has alligators in it. <laughs> went to check it out, and it was a pike eating the grayling on their stringer. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I have heard stories like that. 
um matter of fact quite a few of them that uh they've uh they'll pretty much go after anything anything and everything um yeah they're very bold and aggressive for sure yeah definitely all right do we have any questions out there i did open the pulse line up the lines are open on the app uh, of course and they are open here on the live pulse line and i'll go ahead and throw that number up 360-207-0477 here ah <laughs> all right well if you have any questions right now uh Miss Robin or anyone else that's here on the line. Looks like we got some new listeners here tonight. Uh, for those that have joined late, I did see some a few join on late. We've been talking to Mr. Kevin Fraley here. He is our fishing guru, and we do a little spot on the show here called Fish Talk and uh, get to learn about our fish in our areas and uh, be able to uh, learn a little bit more uh get a little educated and of course this summer we're going to try and do some get-togethers for fishing for kids and of course us older kids that want to learn how to fish for some of these species that have not done it before um matter of fact kevin you got me and Susie on the line already and i believe karen's on wants to do it too yep there she just chimed in karen <laughs> chimed in definitely want to learn to fly fish yeah we're with you on cool. that one so you're gonna get a bunch of big kids to uh <laughs> you're gonna have to teach us how to fly fish and you know we were talking about long pond uh which is right up the road from us here uh up by the tracks and that was one of them that i was talking to you about earlier that we may want to drone and uh, see what kind of uh, species that we have in there. Um, I have seen some movement in there, um, you know, in the in the uh, late summer and fall. Uh, I've spent some time up there just kind of cruising around through the bush up there. And I do see it, some stuff moving around. Um, the water's very clear. Yeah, and <laughs> beavers there for sure. Yeah, matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> I had taken our son out there uh, right before. Uh, matter of fact, it was uh, uh, hunting season, and uh, we took a run up there and got around there. And I think I spotted, I think my last count just roaming around Long Pond, I think there was about seven beavers that we spotted just kind of roaming around up there um there was plenty in the middle of the pond and the pond is actually very very large kevin you're actually going to be surprised when you see it um it's kind of a uh uh yeah and they do work hard out there um the uh beaver houses are pretty monstrous out there as opposed to most that you see oh looks like we do have a caller uh let me go ahead and add that in Good evening. You're live on the Pulse. With Hi, Karen it's Karen. Cooley. Hello, Miss Karen. Hi, Hi we're talking to you about Long Pond a little bit. Yeah. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Great. Good. How about you? Great. Let's great. hear it. Well, so Long Pond uh, is a gravel pit. Originally, when the railroad built went through here in the early 1900s, they dug that thing out. That was where they were good material for the railroad. Well, it recently it hasn't been that big before. It's not been as big as it is now as long as I can remember, which is a long time. Um, 
it's uh, the beavers have backed it up. And you know, there was there was two trails. You could go on either side of the lake. Now you can't go on the backside at all because uh, he's taken over that hole. They flooded that whole habitat. Yeah. So yeah, I we've tried to stop them. You know, try and pull their you know, logs out of their dams, but they just don't seem to care. They just keep going. <laughs> They're pretty stubborn. <clears throat> they are. I I don't know the city got permission to get to uh, dispatch some. And they did take care of some, but yeah. Yeah, they'll probably was, move uh, right back in. Yeah. But it does cut hook up with the um the drainage probably from Glacier Julius that those creeks there, it it heads that way. Okay. Um after the you know, the part that it gets through, uh the dam. He's got several dams. There's two or three right that there's a little ditch that goes right under the road. So it comes to a narrow ditch as it's going under the Anderson road. And that's where he put and builds his dams. Cause it's nice and narrow there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it never was this big. We used to there, you'd be able to go down to the end where the sand pit is and you could, and you could go right to the left. You could go right at the end of long pond to the other side, which you can't do anymore either. Well, I mean, you can, but I can't in my wheeler. Cause <laughs> no, you know, maybe a sci-fi and- side could do it probably, but. It's funny that you bring that up. Just in the last two years, I've noticed the growth of the pond. Is oh yeah, it's imp- it's impressive. There's yeah. a land bridge down there too that we used to love to. I used to be able to love to go down on the land bridge because you could you'd be right on. There's water on both sides of you. And you could fish, or it's really the only way to get a, any kind of boat in that lake because there's so much brush, right? You know, and it's just not cut. There's no boat launch cut anywhere. But, uh, well, actually, there is one somebody cut in there in the last few years. It's going to be a little rough, but yeah. it can be used there. But, uh, yeah, that's where how, if, you, if you're familiar how, and there's the two trails, you go by the tracks or you go left down by Long Pond, there's a trail that ends up at a little launch somebody built. That's where the land bridge was. You could keep going. And uh, now it's, okay. yeah, there's 10 feet of water over that. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And how deep so, does the pond get? It's, you know, I'm not really good with depth. But there's, I think there's a couple of really deep spots, but not all of it is deep. There's a couple okay. of spots that's got a real, real blue hue to it. There's a, I don't know what, what's under there, but where it's really is blue, that... I mean, it's, it's like light blue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's critical for if there's pike in there, they need some sort of deep spot where there's enough water to be there under the ice, you know, that'll have some oxygen yeah. and not get too yeah. stagnant. So that would be the critical. I'm thing. pretty sure that's the, the Lake Robin was talking about when she was talking about the pike because they have been there okay. for a long time. Have but, they? Uh, okay. Yeah. First long as I can well, remember. Maybe that's what I was seeing. You know, it's hard to see on the, on the edges now because the pond is of course overgrown some of the vegetation. Right. You know, it's a, it's over the vegetation. I mean, it's very clear. You can yeah. clear and see, uh, uh, and there are lots of hiding spots because there's so much brush because it's so much deeper than it used to be. Yeah. There's a lot of trees in on the edges. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they've That's been there cool. as long as I can remember. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody catch one. In fact, when fishing games still had the hatchery at a clear, um, they would stock that lake um, and round yeah. pond as well, which is, we, we call it the sand pit, but officially it's known as round pond. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. They used to stock both of those, but I, I don't know with what, or I can find out easily by asking Don, but. Um, yeah, I think it, it's a, it's a pretty spot. I mean, great place to learn how to fly fish. I'm just thinking. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> or first I was thinking to go. <laughs> yeah, as long as there's, the summer. 
<laughs> as long as there's lots of room behind you somewhere, you know, you want that back cast room with a fly rod. Right. If it's too brushy, it might not be great. But yeah, there's... you might not be able to there actually. Round pond would be a better place to learn for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, we can get down on the beach and do it there. Definitely. Yeah. I look forward well, to that. Me yeah, too. that'll be that'll be really fun. I hope I hope we can uh, arrange that and hopefully there'll be some fish to catch too. I mean the yeah. you know when the salmon I mean, come in as well. We could always nice go out to Clear Creek, but you know, that's a muddy 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 trip in the summertime right <laughs> yeah i like doing it sure. in january when it's frozen yeah exactly yeah, that makes sense <laughs> no well, maybe i'll have to maybe i'll have to get down and try long pond drill a couple holes in the ice and drop the drone down there and see if anything's down there this winter yeah it'd be interesting, it'd be interesting. that would definitely be pretty cool um i would imagine activity <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine they probably just eat each other in there unless there's some other little fish, but you know, given that it has a yeah. pretty small outlet, there's probably not much else in there. I would think. I don't think there is maybe some grayling, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to check. You have to get yeah. the sled up here and we'll see. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fisher person, but I want to be. So. Well, that's cool. It sounds like a fun mystery we can track down. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely know there's something in there moving around, and I couldn't really tell the last time that I looked other than the beavers. They're hard to miss, yeah. you know, but uh, there's something swimming around down in there, and it's always, you know, a quick look or a quick glance that you see or some something disturbs the top of the water, you know, but yeah. uh, I, I think we got a pretty good shot at that, and that'd be yeah, that'd I definitely be see neat. that too. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, we got round pond too with the beach, you know, which right. is easy access, you know, and uh, um, definitely. Yeah. You and, know. you know, out on the, like if you drive out onto the river plain too, where the, sometimes there's salmon in those little sloughs, that's, that's a good place to cast because there's a lot of room behind you there and it's easy to get right. to as well. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. For sure. Well, that sounds good. Well, you know, I was yeah. going to tell you guys, the only thing I've had st stolen off a stringer was down in <laughs> in South Raleigh Lake, uh, down by Willow. Um, I had an Arctic loon, uh, or yeah, I don't know if they're Arctic loons. The, I had a loon stealing my fish. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and later on in the day, he would uh, he tried to herd them toward me when I was trying to catch them. So he thought maybe <laughs> like, if catch I caught more, more I would give them to him. And uh, yeah, he followed me around the entire day by canoe. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. That's really cool. Crazy fun. Yeah, yeah. they're kind of scary park. bird, actually. They they kind of <laughs> they're kind of aggressive, <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, they're pretty big too. They yeah, are big. Are. <laughs> yeah, they scare the hell out of me. Actually, you know, if they get too close, they sneak up yeah. on you. You know, you're fishing. <laughs> we always had the pelican thieves. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a much bigger bird, but loons are yeah, loons are big. Yeah, uh, they like to eat lots of little, you know, they eat ducklings and things like that too. Anything that moves, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, well, great talking to you guys. For, uh, uh, look forward to some trivia later. There we go. Thanks for the fish talk. talking to you, Karen. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. calling in. Thanks for you joining bet. me, Karen. <laughs> All right. I got to remember how to hang up. Oh, there. I don't. I, there I, you <laughs> there it is. For you. <laughs> You want me to hit the buzzer for you? Oh, she's off already. <laughs> she <laughs> ran. <laughs> Yay, Karen, you found the button. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in down there. <laughs> All righty. So, yeah, we definitely got some some cool areas that we can check out up here, you know, for uh, with the drone. And um, 
And if you get the time and you want to cruise up here, you know, even during the winter that you want to go and pothole a couple holes out there, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to, uh, you know, more than happy to uh, take you out there and uh, yeah. get you over there. You know? Yeah, I might wander down there in the next couple of weeks. I'll let you guys know and you can, those okay. who want to, I don't want to, you know, get too close to anybody with COVID if they don't want to be, but out on the lake there, it's a good place to social distance. So. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, could put out some. I'll put the drone down and maybe a tip up or something, and see if anything comes out. See what we can get. Okay. Yeah. Sounds cool. All right, the lines are open. Any more questions for Kevin during fish talk here? I'll throw out a couple more little trivia bits too before I we end here. Uh, there's a um, so there's pretty interesting study that was done in Quartz Lake near Fairbanks where they found they were doing a mud core so. Um, you know, the, the mud in the bottom of a lake deposits over could be thousands of years. And so yeah. you can kind of glean things from the mud by looking at how deep it is, how deep an item is down in the mud and see what was happening a long time ago. So anyway, they were doing a mud core in Quartz Lake and they found a pike jaw 14 feet deep in the mud. They did some uh, isotope aging of it and found it to be 8,800 years old. So <laughs> and they also took some, they took some DNA from it as well, and, and they like compared that DNA to our present day pike, and it was really similar. So they haven't changed much over the years. They're pretty prehistoric. They still look that way, kind of look like an alligator, like you said. So right, it's pretty right. pretty cool little tidbit there. Uh, it's funny though because the quartz lake where they where that one was found, there's no longer pike in there. It's just stocked fish. So it's kind of a place where there used to be pike naturally, but fish and game removed them out of there, and now there's just stocked fish. So. Right. It's kind of interesting where they end up and where they are taken out of. Um, but yeah, uh, the only other thing I wanted to note for pike is they also do pick up contaminants a lot. So a really large pike um, can sometimes have a lot of mercury or other contaminants in it. There was a couple studies done. If you eat a lot of pike, I'd recommend you check out those studies. Um, but they talk about how pike can have mercury that's above the state's kind of consumption guidelines for fish. Just okay. ma mainly just the really large ones because those pike are eating the biggest prey and they're also, you know, they bioaccumulate the most toxins. They've had time to build up um, heavy metals like mercury or arsenic in them. So if you do eat a lot of really large pike, that those studies, if you just search um, pike and mercury and, and Alaska, those will come up and you can also see the guidelines that the state puts out as to um, how much pike you should eat and, and that sort of thing if you're worried about it. So just another thing to note, they do seem to pick up contaminants a lot of when the really big ones anyway. If you're just catching ones that are, you know, maybe 35 inches or less, there's not much of a worry, I don't think. Okay. Good deal. Great info. Well, now you got me kind of interested to wonder if there's there's pike in Long Pond or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty interested too. I didn't know there was any pike in that area, so that's cool. Right. <laughs> like I said, I've seen something moving around in there and I didn't really catch it. It was, you know, in fall and shadows and everything else. It's definitely clear enough to see what's in there, you know, but by the time you look, it's usually cast in a shadow and bolting by, you know. Yeah. And th those pike are just hard to see. Uh, normally they just blend in really well and they're, they move really slowly. So they're yeah. very difficult to see. Okay. Well, great. Good information. All right, lines are open right now. Uh, one more time here. See if uh, anyone else has any questions for Mr. Kevin Fraley here. Our, uh, our, let's call you our resident fish biologist. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. 
All righty. Okay, lines are open right now. Um, got the app open along with the Pulse line, the direct Pulse line, uh, 360-207-0477. If you'd like to make a call or have any comments for Kevin, um, questions, that sort of thing, uh, go ahead and leave them open here for another couple of minutes. I'm definitely yeah, looking forward to uh, to uh, getting you up here and being able to check out what kind of stuff we do have moving around up here. Um, yeah, that'll so, be really fun, and and doing some fly casting with you all too. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to have to give us some ideas here on a, on another show, um, since there are so many people here on the show that are interested in the fly fishing world. Um, maybe you can give us a, a little tutorial on what kind of poles to look for and, you know, gear and that sort of thing that we could get set up on. Um, yeah. That's a great time. idea for maybe next fish talk. Yeah. That'd be actually pretty cool. Okay. I've got, so next week I've got a uh, presentation I'm giving for the midnight sun Flycasters, So I'm kind of busy yeah. with stuff yeah. that week, but the following week I would definitely be go back to the fish talk and we can talk about that. I'd be happy to go through, some of the gear and some of the, the stuff to, that you guys can assemble and in advance of doing some fly fishing. So. Yep. Sounds good to me. All righty. Last call here. Anyone else got any questions for uh, Kevin here since we got him on the line for those of you that are uh, just coming on with us on the show. I just noticed that we do have a few uh, new joiners that just jumped in late. We're talking to Mr. Kevin Fraley, who is our, uh, we're going to call him our resident fish biologist and uh the the all man knowing how's that when it comes to fish <laughs> <laughs> all righty well it looks like uh we don't have any more calls right now or any more questions uh definitely enjoy our time when uh, we do have you on the air no everyone really digs uh learning about this kind of stuff i do especially and uh We'll get together here soon. And like I said, uh, next time you get to come out this way, uh, maybe we can go pothole a few holes out there and uh, see what we can find. Yeah, that would be great. I, I'll plan on doing that, you know, maybe this month sometime. So okay. I appreciate you having me on. Happy New Year to the wonderful folks of Anderson and Nenana. And hey. thanks for uh, listening to me blabber on about fish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you just got a shout out for Miss Eileen and Miss Karen. Everyone enjoys having you on the show. And once again, we're we're very thankful to have you as a member of our part of community here. And uh love that you're uh you know definitely interested in our little small part of the world. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great place. All right. All right, Kevin. I will get you off the air here. And we're going to move on to some other things. Hope you can stick around and join us and and uh, maybe get involved on the trivia here once I get things rolling. Yeah, maybe so. I just got back from a caribou hunt today, so I got to put away some stuff and eat dinner, but I'm going to listen in for sure. Okay. Well, good deal. Um, yeah, I saw, I, I got your uh, message earlier. I got your text message earlier. I happened to be on the phone that you, that you tagged two caribou. And uh, yep. Well, we, we got one. My friend got one. You know, I, I, I tagged out mine in August, but I brought him up there um, to get his, and it was a very nice hunt, a little chilly out there, but beautiful and uh, lots of animals. So. Okay, good deal. 
All righty, Kevin, I will let you get to it. Thanks again for uh, joining the show, and we will talk soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Brad, and everybody. We'll talk again soon. Bye. All righty. All righty, everyone. That was Mr. Kevin Fraley, our resident fish guy. And that was Fish Talk. Thank you all for joining tonight. And um, appreciate all your uh, all your input and, of course, uh, your engagement here on the show. It's uh, We've got a lot of good things ahead of us this year going into 2021. Uh, we've got a lot of things planned for us, uh, for the kids and, of course, us older kids. And uh, we're definitely going to uh, keep Kevin on the line with us now. He's uh, uh, no pun intended, Kevin, but you are hooked because uh, you you you're going to be our 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 fly man, fly fisherman, teacher man. <laughs> so everyone, give a great shout out to Kevin, and uh, thank you for being here on the show. All righty. Um, someone just threw out uh, some questions here. I just was catching another question. Let's see here. Yes, I can go ahead and put that out again. Let me see if I can find my note here. I did happen to have it. I'm just going to find where it is. Someone just asked about the... Uh, let's see here. I was just asked about... And I got to find my glasses. And there we go. Okay, yes. Uh, the COVID vaccinations. Um, they're going to start taking appointments in Healy for uh, for the COVID vaccinations for the 65 and older uh, beginning Wednesday, January 6th. And the note here I got is you can make an appointment through uh, COVID vax that's c-o-v-i-d v-a-x dot alaska dot gov and they're going to start taking uh beginning wednesday january 6th so just here uh actually that's tomorrow so they will be uh getting that set up once again they did start the vaccinations on monday um for uh denali borough the the front line uh of course our our wonderful people there at the uh, clinics and our healthcare providers and our EMS. And uh, that is on the roll. So yes, uh, just to answer your question one more time, uh, it's COVID vax, all one word, V-A-X dot Alaska dot gov. And that's beginning tomorrow that you'll be able to uh, set up um, appointments and that's going to be the Interior Community Health Clinic there in Healy. All righty. Any more questions we got out there before we get rolling here? Um, wonderful night of fish talk tonight. And uh, uh, appreciate all your, all your input here on the show. All righty. It looks like uh, we're pretty much done. So we're going to try something new tonight. Uh, we were going to, we've been talking about doing some, uh, a trivia night and, uh, I did have some stuff set up and tonight we're going to do some eighties trivia that has to do with movies. It's going to be eighties movie trivia. 
and uh, figure we could get some people here on the line, and uh, and we'll talk about it here. Uh, everyone interested in getting in on the trivia right now, I'm going to open the lines up here. You're welcome to call in on the app or on the Pulse line, and we're going to get some trivia going here. I kind of got some ideas. Yeah, it looks like we have our first caller on. And good evening. You are live on the Pulse. Hey, it's Karen. Karen. Good deal. I don't want to play if it's just Eileen because she'll kill me. Oh, She's well, so good. <laughs> oh, look at the lines are lighting. <laughs> okay. We just added we have Miss Susie on the oh, line. Good. And we just added Miss Eileen on the line. Okay, welcome all. You guys are all live on the pulse right yes, now. Yes, sir. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Ain't that Eileen's awesome? gonna kill us, Susie, by the way, just so you know. Oh I no. can't feel like, that. <laughs> like I said earlier, um, back in the eighties, I was raising five teenagers and one elementary school i didn't have and one preschooler well there I didn't you go time to watch movies you're right you're right <laughs> and i was supposedly i was there i don't know right. <laughs> one not so your child is one of them too yeah. And, yeah, we always gain a child or two when we uh when we end up raising our children we usually gain one or two extra that are we call the hangouts right yeah <laughs> If we're lucky, it's only one or two. Right? Yeah. yeah. In Eileen's case, I know it was more than that. A lot oh, of yeah. <laughs> she probably cooked for 10 or 12 of us at any time, every day. Wow. <laughs> well, it was a small town then. We all hung together, you know, and there was a bunch of for a group of kids larger than most. Well, I would, right. You, know, you, mean, you mean we're a big friends. town right now? <laughs> well, no. There was more kids. There was definitely more kids back Back then, a lot. Oh, more. we've got another caller. Oh, call. Yes. All right. Uh, good evening. You're live on the pulse. We have a whole Hi, bunch this is of Walter calls. and Katarina. Hi, Walter. Hello, Katarina. Walter. Welcome to the show. And where are you located at? We're in Anderson. Oh, oh wonderful. Okay. We're oh, two houses cool. down from Karen. Ah. Oh, okay. As knows. I know who you is. I do too. You rent Janice's place. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Very good. I saw her out there shoveling while I was driving in my Bobcat. Made me feel like I should be shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if they're just down from you, then that means that somebody on Aspen is going to win tonight, right? Hey, or Spruce. Street. Oh, she's actually on Spruce Street. So. Darn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm all technically right, well, on Spruce too. So, <laughs> but we're all in the same hood. That's for sure. That is for yeah. sure. Well, you could. Well, even up. Eileen's in our neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> well, we currently well, have remember four of you when... live right now. So this ought to get interesting. Go ahead, Eileen. Do you, Karen probably remembers uh, Eddie Fry. Oh yeah, uh, he course. lived over uh, on East Street, and he was an only child, and he didn't like being alone all the time. So he would get up in the morning, come over to our house where everybody's standing in line for one shower, and he'd right. take his shower and eat breakfast with my kids, and then they'd go <laughs> to school. 
<laughs> oh my gosh! Too yeah, funny. you know, it's it, it was he was with us when Mrs. Phillips babysat all of us. Our moms would drop us at <laughs> Mrs. Phillips's. We'd all go back to sleep on the floor at like six thirty, and Mrs. Phillips would get us all up and you know line us up for pancakes or whatever and get us out the door every single day. But Eddie was one of those kids too. Oh uh, man, I'll never forget those early days. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Uh, probably will forget him actually, but it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> another story. <laughs> we'll save that Anyways. For date. <laughs> yeah. Let's play trivia. All right. Let's play some trivia here. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out some movie trivia questions. Okay. And uh, that's how we're going to start. Um, I'm trying to think of the easiest way to key in, and I'm thinking the easiest way is probably with the chat line. Um, to, to, so my, to, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. Just to basically cue yourself in for first, second, third, or fourth to answer the question. Okay. And what I can do is I can actually. Um, I will put out the question, okay? I will cue a sound. Uh, I can do this. And that will basically say to say we put an X in the comment. That's all you need to do. Just send an X. Just send an X in the comment. Does that sound good? Sure. Sounds like somebody's got a TV on in the background, like really loud. Is that? Is anybody else hearing that? I'm getting a lot of background. I'm just feeling. Let me see here. Turning TV down. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Steve. Well, you know, maybe she can't hear. I I know Steve can't hear. You know what? And uh, <laughs> I just send him to bed. You're on live. <laughs> I just sent him to bed to watch the other TV. <laughs> oh, there you go, Eileen. Sorry, Steve. Steve used to race cars and stuff. He's heard a lot of loud engines. Right. Karen, oh. you blew it for us because, you know, maybe with the TV up, she wouldn't hear it and we'd have a chance. <laughs> oh, you got a chance with this category, believe me. Right. Wow, we got a couple of new guys on here. Yep. Uh, hey, Jimmy, we're doing trivia. All right. Looks like, wow. We uh, added about Six people are right now. And it sounds like Andy May wants to get in the mix. Who's, who's dogs playing? Uh, that would be oh, Andy that's May. Ours. Oh, it, oh, it's not playing. Andy May and Bailey. Oh, it is. Okay, shh. I get the dogs on my team. <laughs> Wake up, Max. <laughs> All right, Curly, we are going to do some trivia right now. The trivia is going to be on 80s movie. And we currently have four people on the line. I do have room for a couple others if you'd like to call in right now. And what we have is we're going to do 80s trivia. Uh, we are going to cue in when you know the answer by just putting an X in the comments. And we will go one, two, three, four, five down the line. And uh, we'll see how well we do. I will go ahead and tally up the points at the end. And here's how it's going to go. I am going to throw out the questioner comment that has to do with the 80s trivia. You are going to hear this sound. 
and that is your cue to put an X in the comments. Okay. Now, just to uh, let you all know, this is all just for pride tonight. <laughs> so, what you win is a big, healthy uh, bag of nothing. Yay! Right. Bragging right. Although I don't need any more stuff. That sounds right. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do have a celebrity on the air tonight, Miss Karen. Stop it. Uh, Miss Karen is our celebrity. Uh, I'd like to know where those 60-some votes came from overnight. Uh, you guys... And I will never down. tell. <laughs> when I went to bed, She's I awesome. 27. I think there was 27 last time I looked at it, and I was like, 68. That's Remember I called steep. you and talked to you? I said, I'm, I'm watching it rise right Yes. Now. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. She's but, also uh, the birthday girl, according I to Facebook. Know, oh, I know. that's right. That's you know what? Right. Maybe we should sing happy birthday. No, you shouldn't you. sing happy birthday. I think. You, I just should. think it. Just think it. That'll just be great. Think it. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, because this I, ain't I karaoke. Know. It's trivia. Come on now. Right. Thank you for the birthday wishes. It's happy my birthday, Miss Karen. 56th trip around the world. My 56th winter in interior Alaska. Um, right. Yeah. Life is good. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. And of course, a big it congratulations is. to winning and putting Anderson on the map for the holiday lights contest. Thank you. Yeah, you that was fun. Nailed it. Yes. And, uh, well, uh, I told Carl, I'm like, we got to up our game because now it's a contest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People me. didn't know they were going to get $75 okay. at three bears. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> excuse my French, but Christmas vacation ain't got shit on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, we need a, we wanted to do our big spruce trees, but we can't get up there anymore. We need a piece of equipment. Oh. So I'm going to be seeing if I can rent the, the lift from the city this uh, fall and I, I do think the big we trees. I will be in on that because, you yeah. know, in my front yard, that's sitting at about 60 feet. Yes, off. yours is huge. And so is the one at John and Trista's. They need one as well. So we'll, maybe okay. we'll just do a combined effort and see if we can just beat Healy again. That sounds good. And <laughs> I think work. we ought to start around July. What do you think? Yeah, that's probably the best time to do it. We used to do ours in September uh, or October while it was still warm. You know? Right, exactly. Makes more September sense. we started getting cold, and by October we were frigid. Well, in and, December 25th, you know, I mean, nobody wants to be up on a ladder in December. No, absolutely no. not. So we will Carl's done it a time or two. <laughs> He's a real trooper. You know, I only took the pictures, and I designed the, you know, I told him where to put them. He yeah. did all the work, but I'm oh. getting all the credit, but, you know. Well, we'll we'll throw out a shout out. <laughs> yes, for please. Carl too. I don't know if he's um, listening or not, but <laughs> I, he is. Just to let you know, he is listening. Oh, so, Carl, big shout out to you, and of course, uh, congratulations and a big happy birthday to you, Mister. Thank Garrett. you guys very much. All right. Okay, so we are going to start our trivia here once again. You are going to hear the question or the comment of the one-liner that I will be throwing out. And these are all going to be popular movies of the 80s. And when you hear this sound, that is going to be your cue to go ahead and put an X in the comment box. And I have all your names down here. And we will do this and go through it and see how we do. All righty. All right. Let me see here. So let me 
I actually prepared for this tonight. How scary is that? Okay. Are we all ready? Or ready. ready yep. Ready to get? Ready. Okay. Which 80s movie was the highest grossing film of the decade? Which 80s movie was the highest growing film of the decade? Now think hard. It's the 70s. Hmm. 80s movie that was the highest. Oh, there we go. We got one. Miss Karen. Can you tell me? (laughs) All righty. Give me your guess. Uh, E.T. You nailed it. Really? You did. You (laughs) nailed it, Miss Karen. Yeah, I'm not good at that. Good one, Karen. That was well. That was definitely a guess. I was trying to think of something huge in the eighties. Yep, that is correct. It yeah. is E.T. Good one. Good job. Good All job. right, I'm on my way to a box of nothing. Woo-hoo! You are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, and I'll get you a cocktail next time we're at clear. How's that? Okay, sounds good. I can just make my own right now. Right, exactly. I'm sitting here dry right now. I need a cocktail. I may have to do a music break and go find a cocktail. Hey, no. <laughs> All right. Currently, we have four people on the line. We have Karen, Susie, Eileen, and Walter. And we are Walter, doing. Walter's. There's a two-part team over there. There is. Yeah. Who is That's... the second part of Walter? Walter and Katerina. 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 Right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I am got that down. So okay. since we were born in the 80s, we get two. Oh, you there you go. <laughs> I was in high school. We were alive for a portion of the 80s, so we were in high school back then. I was. I graduated in '83. <laughs> right? Yeah, we ain't gonna talk about that. Anyway, no, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> All right, let's move on to. Question number two. Question number two. Which 80s movie was Alan Rickman's first feature film role? Which 80s movie was Alan Rickman's first feature film role? Oh, wow. Karen just chimed in again. Is she starting to fly at this or is she? Well, no, I mean, it's just a guess, but I... (laughs) I just saw something on this guy the other day. I can't believe this. Did you? Yeah. All righty. Go ahead. Was it, was it Home Alone? No. It wasn't. It was not. Okay. Who's next? Oh, nice. You want me to keep playing? You? <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Sound effects are cool. Yeah, Somebody use. else has got to know that one. All right. So I will repeat the question one more time. Which 80s movie was Alan Rickman's first feature film role? It grossed over $140 million and was in 1988. All righty. We have Miss Susie. Susie. Is it by chance Die Hard? It is. is my favorite Christmas movie. I know, isn't it? Yay! I can't even. I can't even think of any '80s movies. <laughs> you were too busy with those kids, I guess, Eileen. Uh, I right. know, dang. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we got two points on the board. We have one for Karen and one for Susie, which leaves Eileen 
Walter and Katarina are still sitting in the outfield right now. I think that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Uh, all right. Our next question. Which 80 movie spawned six sequels and a TV series? The comedy film grossed $146 million and was in 1984. Which 80s movie spawned six sequels and a TV series? Well, that's a tough one. Wow, Miss Eileen, go for it. Would that be American Graffiti? That is the negatory. All right. You want me to throw it out there one more time? It is. Which 80s movie spawned six sequels and a TV series? Six. You should know this. (laughs) Million worldwide and was in 1984. Sequels. Uh, we're all going to feel like idiots when we hear this. You know that, right? Okay. <laughs> I, I've probably never heard of the movie. Oh, well, if there's six sequels, we must have heard of it. Yeah. And about the thir- first three were worth watching. Did I yeah. say that? <laughs> okay. Ooh, Susie. Susie. You just chimed in. Oh, dang it. The one I was thinking of was a horror movie, not a... <laughs> You said it was a comedy. It was a comedy. I was thinking oh, it was. I didn't hear that, but yeah. Never mind. Then my answer wouldn't work because well, mine was a horror movie. So. We got to hear it. I was thinking of of uh, Friday the Thirteenth. No. He just wanted to do that to you, Susie. I know. Um, I gotta watch that guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he just wanted to play his sound effects. All right. You gonna tell us okay. the any other clues? Yeah. Let's see here. Um, the film was inspired by real life police cadets. Oh my gosh! Police academy. Bingo. Chips. Oh be. my god! Oh. Academy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. There was a lot of that. We threw that one out the door way long time ago. That one. Yeah. Zero point. Yeah. No, I don't need a point for that. Saying it was a police, the police kind of gave it away. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next one. Okay. Which 80s movie was the first to become a hit largely due to MTV? Which 80s movie was the first to become a hit largely due to MTV? God, the 80s was a long time ago. All of a sudden, now, right? right? <laughs> hmm. Which '80s movie was the first to become a hit, largely due to MTV? Oh. It was in 1983, and the soundtrack is what pushed it over the top. Let's see here. Karen, did you chime in? I did. Okay, Karen. 
Uh, we have Karen and Walter and Katarina after you. Right. This movie was the first to become a hit, largely due to MTV. Purple Rain. Wow. But Good try. Awesome. All right, Walter and Katarina, you are up. How about Ghostbusters? Oh, no. <laughs> everybody's got one of those now. All righty. Which 80s movie was the first to become MTV. a hit largely due to MTV? The answer is Flashdance. It was premiered oh, by MTV man. in 1983, opening weekend. Uh, did a decent opening, but the soundtrack was what captured and catapulted the film to success one oh. week later. Awesome. That movie was Flashdance. All righty. Okay, next one. Are you getting all ready for it? I guess. Ready. <laughs> okay, we're going to do some 80s movie quotes trivia. Oh, boy. Okay, so we're going to throw out some movie quotes or one-liners, as uh, you would like to do and like to hear. Of course, um, they're always what makes a movie great. Our first movie quote is, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Oh, my God. Bingo. Karen just jumped in. Oh. Karen, can you Airplane. give me that? Airplane. <laughs> what? Yeah, I love that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Nielsen was the man who there said it. There you go. Really, <laughs> yeah. you know what you're doing. Who I met in the Fairbanks airport, of all places. Right? Yeah. He told me where he could get a cocktail. I sent him downtown. <laughs> <laughs> right. Surely you know what we're doing. Yes, but don't call me Shirley. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of great one-liners in that movie. Sure, in fact, it's worth watching every yeah. year. Watch it once a year. It's still good. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Our next movie quote. Okay. So Karen got a point there. So Karen has two. Susie has one. Eileen is sitting on the big goose egg, and Walter. That's and right. Are holding that bag of nothing right now. That's well, all. <laughs> all right. Our next movie quote. Here we go. This movie was 19, eight, in 1981. Snakes? Why did it have to be snakes? It was also nominated for nine Academy Awards. Oh. Eileen. Eileen's got it. Well, I wasn't the first one, I don't think. <laughs> oh, Walter, did you chime in first? I, I was jumping. No, before. it was me. <laughs> oh, this. I'm jumping between two screens here. Actually, no, that wasn't me. This hang on a second here. I just made my life easy, and I just split my screens. There we go. Okay. Maybe that'll work. Possibly. Hang on. 
Let's see here. I'm trying to get this to work here. Okay. I got too many windows up. Okay. <laughs> Susie, that uh, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Is it Indiana Jones? He has. It is. Yeah. I knew it too. I, I kind of can picture him saying it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think that was the name of the movie, though. Oh, good point. Oh, wait. <laughs> good point. Let's uh, let's see if we can finish it off with. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I will go with that one. Okay, let's do a chime in right now. Okay, at my mark of who can finish it off with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, it is Raiders uh, of the Lost Ark. I will give that yeah. point to Walter and Katarina. Yeah. Yeah. Good call, Walter. That was a good one because you were uh, right. right. I, and I, I couldn't remember what it was, but as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, my first thought was Temple of Doom also. So it was mine. Yeah. But I knew that I didn't think it was right. <laughs> uh, okay. Here's a bonus question. All right, you guys should all know this one. Okay, this is going to be worth two points. Fastest one to answer it. Are we going to answer it out loud or phone it in or chime it in? We're going to chime it in because okay. that way it keeps it even. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Boom, Walter, go. That would be our previous answer of the Ghostbusters Bingo! Oh, good job! Uh -huh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys, I just got a taco with a cat of a birthday candle in it. Did you? Oh, funny! <laughs> I love you, honey. You're awesome, Carl. You the man. <laughs> you the man. <laughs> you the man, Carl. <laughs> All oh, right, we have Karen and Walter and Katarina neck and neck at two. Susie at one, and Eileen. I need you to get on the board here. Yeah, I need to get on the board there. <laughs> right? Okay. Next one is, quote for a line in a movie. This movie was 1985. It is currently a classic and was only done on a $1 million budget and earned over $51.5 million in 1985. The line is, don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. Mm, maybe. Karen, were you the first to chime in? Or Walter? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Walter. I think Walter was, yeah. Walter? Okay, Walter. I will read that back to you one more time. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horn. And your answer is... Back to the Future. Ooh. Okay. Karen. I don't you. even... Uh, this is a guess, but okay. I'm going to say Raging Bull. 
I just want you to play that sound to me. That's all. <laughs> I should eat my taco. Who's <laughs> me? Do you have an answer? Bull Durham? I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> from the cult classic, The Breakfast Club. Oh. oh. <laughs> that was a good movie. That one. It was. I didn't like it. it. I didn't it. Yeah, that was a good, good movie. I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the new Brat Pack, right? That yeah, was. Correct. Can anyone name the three that made up the Rat Pack? The Rat what Pack or the Brat Pack? The Brat Pack. Oh, no. I could do the Rat Pack, though. Well, yeah. I could turn around behind you and see about 16 albums of them. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty scary. The Brat Pack. Oh, so there was uh, Emilio Estevez. Who Estevez, yeah. The, the red yeah. girl from Pink. Uh... Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Molly yeah, Ringwald. Molly, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Molly Ringwald. Judd, Her- Judd Hirsch. Bingo. Yeah. 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 All righty. Good one. Okay, here's how I'm going to separate. Sammy Dean and Frankie. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can separate the answers if you look at the the chat screen. I'll be able to separate it. Okay, this movie was in 1986. It was one of the top grossing films of the year. It earned $70.1 million. And that line from this movie is... Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I'll throw it out there again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I should have stopped and looked around. Yeah, <laughs> movies in the eighties. We're all we're all gonna go. Oh, I knew that. You probably will. You guys want a hint? Yeah. Towards the what? end of the movie, there was a parade. <clears throat> shake it up, baby. Shake it up, baby. Twist and shout. Grease. Yeah, it's, that's all I can think of. Negative. See? <laughs> no. That's why I didn't say it, Susie. <laughs> All right. I have no. I have no idea. Let me help you with this. Oh, Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. Uh, uh, too late. I, yeah. out I was having way more fun in the '80s and going to the movies. I'm just saying. Well, you can <laughs> Okay, we're going to kill the point for that one since I gave <laughs> it away. Yeah, we will move on. Oh. One of my favorites. This move was, movie was done in 1987, and it was based on a 1973 novel. The line is, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. Oh. My father... <laughs> Prepare to die. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Karen, jump in there. Scarface. No. Maybe related to the Scarface? Possibly. (laughs) Walter, jump in there. Show them all who you got here. Uh, Zorro. Zorro. (laughs) Okay, come on here. Come on here. Okay. 
I will throw out one more thing here. Okay, boys, have fun from in the castle. Oh no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You guys don't know. You will know as soon as I, I know, right? I like the last one trivia better. I was better at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it out there. It is Billy Crystal in The Princess's Bride. Oh. Yeah. My name is Enigo no. Montoya. Say hello to my little my friend. Father. That's what I was thinking about. All right. Uh, current points on the board. Karen, you have two. Susie, you have one. Eileen, you are still sitting on the goose egg. Walter and Katarina <laughs> are at two. For those of you that have just joined us, we are doing 80s movies trivia right now. We currently have four live callers on there. And uh, I did notice that we do have some new people on right now. And uh, let's see. I am moving on to my next one here. Okay. Let's move on to movie soundtrack trivia. That should be a good one. Okay. Movie soundtrack trivia. What artist sang in the 1986 song Danger Zone from Top Gun? What artist sang the 1986 song Danger Zone from Susie Top knows. Gun? We have a Walter in there first. Walter, can oh, you tell Walter. me who that is? I jumped the gun on that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I he was ready, though. That's a good no, one. I got excited. No pun intended there. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I have an X in the box also. I'm just going to push the arrow on. <laughs> I could have done the same. All right, Susie. Susie chimed in next. Can you tell me? Kenny Loggins? Kenny Loggins! Yeah. We have a yes. winner! All right, we're coming up on a real tight race here. Karen, I was you thinking have... of Dan Fogelberg yeah, for some yeah. reason. <laughs> Eileen, you are still sitting on the, go the goose egg. Hey, you don't have to keep That's your mind right. on. Come on Somebody's got to have We are going to make this next one worth four points. Ooh. Our next tr trivia movie, actually, soundtrack trivia will be worth four points. Let's see. Okay, I have it here. This song is going to be worth four points. And let's see here. Ready your X's. Which two Footloose songs were nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Song in 1984? Two songs? <sighs> two songs. Which two Footloose I can songs think of were nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Song in 1984? <sighs> Come on. I have no memory of 1984. Which Footloose That's song? That's bad. I know one of them. 
And the other one, I can hear I the can melody, kinda, but I can't I can think of the, the name video. of it. <laughs> I can see the video in my eyes, but I can't think of the song. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything out there? <sighs> Nothing. Do I need to wait for that magic sound in the background? Is there magic floating within between you four? I can think Not of. I can give you one guess. Tell me one. Footloose. <laughs> that is yeah, that's one the one we all know. Two. Yeah, that but is that one is one of them, two. isn't it? Eileen. Oh, oh man. Eileen. If you can tell me the second song of which two songs were nominated for Academy Award for the best original song in 1984 for Footloose. Boy, I just cannot pull it out of there. Um, and uh, I've watched that thing so many times, it's ridiculous. Right. Okay. We're going to throw that one out there and Let's hear it for the boy. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys will all be sitting there thinking about going, yeah. Like I said, I could hear the tune in my head, but I couldn't yeah. think of the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even hear it, so I'm going to have to turn my hearing aids up. <laughs> 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 oh, is that what you got to do to hear the psychics? Get hearing aids? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Here we go. Next one. We are ready to rock here. Next one is, which 1980s theme song inspired its own separate film? Which 1980s theme song inspired its own separate film? It was done in 1982. Nineteen eighty-two. This 80 theme song inspired its oh. own separate film. Do we have anything? I got crickets. I can't make the cricket sound. <laughs> you mean there it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for them. <laughs> Here they are. Come on. They what are was your prom right? theme song, Karen? Uh, midnight special. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, maybe that's not the one. <laughs> we weren't very current. We like the old stuff. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna have to kick this one out now. Which 80s theme song inspired its own separate film? That theme song was Eye of the Tiger. Wow. Uh, I know the song. I of the Tiger was also the title song, 86. By the same name, it was inspired by the song. By John Mellencamp, right? No, that's not right. No. <laughs> no, that's not right. Survivor. Survivor. I have the album. Uh, there you the go. The actual LP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for this one? I'm going to make this one with four points also. Okay. Which 1980s theme song was inspired by a commercial jingle? This 1984 hit was recorded by Ray 
Parker Jr. Say the question again, Brett. Okay, we do have one chimed in. I will go ahead and say it again. Which 1980s theme song was inspired by a commercial jingle? Miss Susie. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Oh. Yay. Right? Yes. Yes. Susie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner on that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was better at Alaska. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Bring back Alaska trivia, man. Right. I was having a lot okay. of fun in the 80s. I'm just saying. Kind of well, that's okay. I thought of one, Brett, you and I'd get. I wonder if anybody else would get. From What's the that? 80s? As far as a line from a, an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I know the line, but what is it from? <laughs> oh, that's from Saturday Night Live, isn't it? Like, no. Oh, it would be the Goonies. Yeah. Oh, Kevin just chimed in. Goonies. Yeah. Goonies. <laughs> Good old I love that movie. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Oh, okay. This is a good one. We've all had children. We've all had grandchildren. This one ought to sink in, especially for animated movies. Okay. Let me throw this out there here. Okay. Which movie marked the beginning of a long string of successful Disney movies, sometimes called the Disney Renaissance era? This was released in 1989. Which movie marked the beginning of a long string of successful Disney movies, sometimes called the Disney Renaissance era. I got nothing. <sighs> okay. I know what it's referring to, but I don't know which one's the beginning. Okay. What started it? Let's see here. Anyone? Bueller. <laughs> yeah. Beauty and the Beast? Negative. No. Let's see. You could probably coincide it with here. I'll throw out an ancient movie. The Incredible Mr. Olympic. The Incredible Mr. I love that movie. I have that on DVD here. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay. Do we give up? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Nope, nope. Walter and Katerina. The Great Mouse Detective? She had an answer, right? She did. (laughs) It is... Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Nope. (laughs) The Little Mermaid cartoon. The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. It said cartoons, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I still haven't seen that one. (laughs) I haven't either. I'll send it over to you. 
<laughs> and what would I play it on? <laughs> right, right. I grew up in Anderson. We didn't have movie theaters. That's my excuse for not knowing this genre. <laughs> oh, we had movie theaters on the base, remember? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. They wouldn't have known that, Eileen, though. Me and you are the only ones that know that. <laughs> <laughs> on our base out there. Yeah, we did for a long time. It was really nice. Okay. Yeah, it was, and they were free. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Eileen, I have a feeling for you on this one here. This one is <laughs> worth four points. What is the name of the lead character in The Secret of Nim? Oh, no. <laughs> I know you know it too. Nope, I have not seen that movie either. Susie? I know it. Miss Brisby. She was the name of the mouse. Wow! Yay! <laughs> Having not a clue. I didn't right, that's Susie's good. That one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. We got to wrap this up. Otherwise, I'm going to step know. out while I'm on top because I got to go to bed. Exactly. Oh, man, it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> it cow. is. It's for hours. Okay, we're going to do one last question for all the marbles. Okay, okay. Miss Karen, you are at 2. Susie, you are at 10. Eileen, you are at 0. Walter and Katerina, you are at 2. I am going to make this worth 10 points. Wow. If we have a tie with Susie, I will come up with a question on Thursday's show. And whoever ties with Susie, we're going to consider it a tie because it's worth 10 points. Susie is currently at 10 points. Of course, Karen, you're at two. Walter and Katerina, you're at two. Eileen, you're at zero right now. But we are going to wipe the plate clean here. Oh, we're wiping it clean? Yep. And we are for all going, the marbles. Everyone, this is for all the marbles. You are guys are you three are playing against Susie right now. Ooh. And you wouldn't, uh -oh. I mean, of all times to lose my marbles. Oh, right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I use mine to kill squirrels. That's <laughs> 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 a long story. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, I'm going to make sure I pick one here. Let's do this. I got an idea. I'm going to. Okay. Let's do here. Just happen to see one. Okay. In the 1980 movie, Ferris Bueller, what extravagant red sports car did they steal from mm. his father? Oh, God. I only can guess. In Ferris Bueller, what extravagant 
Red Sports Gar did they steal for the day? All right, the only chime in I got is Susie, so she may get all the marble here. Susie, what is your answer? Maybe not. <laughs> let's go. I couldn't decide between two, so let's go with Lamborghini. Ooh. I've got a guess then. <laughs> with my luck, it's probably the other one I was thinking. Eileen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, mine's Eileen. a guess too. Mine's Jeez. a guess too, but I'm going to guess Ferrari. Yep. See, that was the other one, and it was like, which one was it? Yeah. Uh, this is all special. Well, I, I didn't remember the. I didn't remember the Batwing doors. All righty. Next Thursday, when we have the show, we will have a a heads up question for uh, you, Susie, and you, Eileen, to. Take the winner of the 80s challenge, movies challenge trivia. All right. Yay. Yay. I hear claps in the background. Well, I want to eat my taco. I'm going to hang up. <laughs> I'm going I'm to take, still I'm take two days and watch 80s movies. <laughs> right. Well, see, by the end of the week, I'm brain fried, so you're, you're probably going to get it. <laughs> well, my, oh, mine's had a lot of years to fry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shoot! Yeah. I just sent an oh, accident me to do that. In right now, you're a little late on that one. I know. I was trying to hang up my phone, and I hit the X instead. <laughs> you missed your phone and caught your taco. All oh, right, <laughs> there it is. All right, I'm signing off, you guys. Okay, I will go. Ahead. That was way fun. I'll be listening. Really cool. All righty. Okay. <laughs> now, if I can, if I can find my little red phone to sign and off with. Not with Eileen. I can take care of it from here. Oh, yeah, just hang up on us. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Good I am night. closing you guys out slowly here. Walter and Katerina, thank you for joining us tonight here on the show. Appreciate having you on. Yep, thank you for hosting. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, uh, that was a lot of fun tonight. We did get some uh, some great time with Kevin Frailer on Fish Talk. And uh, had some fun with uh, with the uh, trivia tonight. Uh, trying to put together a special show for next Thursday. Uh, looks like we have a, a fresh new guest that will be jumping on with us. I'm currently working on that right now. And uh, we'll see if uh, we can make that happen. Remember, the show here is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 6.30 p.m. Alaska time. And, of course, I also try and throw in an impromptu show uh, on the weekend. Big shout-out for Miss Karen again. Happy birthday. Hope you enjoy your night. Um, also, just a reminder here that uh, – that uh, um, what was I going to say? Wow, the trivia is going through my brain. Uh, <laughs> please make sure that you're following us here on Podbean. Uh, that way you can stay up with uh, with all the uh, shows that we have here. Also, uh, get on Facebook, the Paulson Anderson and Ninana, 
and become a part of that. Invite friends and family, anyone that can contribute here to this live show and, of course, to our community. Um, we've had a wonderful night tonight. Had a lot of engagement from all you folks out there tonight. I just want to thank you all. Uh, it's an honor to be your host for this show and see nothing more but good things coming in the future. Happy 21 to all of you. And uh, look forward to talking to you again on Thursday night. Also, just a reminder here that uh, church service is um, going again here in Anderson. Uh, church service on Sunday at North Star Community Church here at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Please come out and join us. Um, group's getting larger out there. And it's really nice to uh, spend some time with our neighbors. And uh Keep that community strength going. Once again, thank you, everybody, for being a part of this wonderful show. And uh, like I said, it's all here for you guys. And uh, Kevin, thank you for being on the show. Eileen, Miss Robin, Miss um, Susie, everyone who has come on the show lately. I'm glad we kind of got some stuff figured out with our electronics that makes it easy. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this show out with a couple little tunes here. And so you're welcome to stay and enjoy the music. Once again, thank you again. Appreciate all your support here at The Pulse. And this is Denali Burrow Brett, and I will be signing off. See you Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Looking forward to it. Enjoy your night, and Happy New Year. Out of this one church town, there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Gotta be to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God's country. We pray for rain and thank Him when it's falling, cause it brings a grain and a little bit of money. We put it back in the plate, I guess that's why they call it God's country. I saw the light in a sunrise sitting back in a 40 on the muddy riverside getting baptized in holy water and shine with the dogs running. Saved by the sound of a pin found Dixie whistle in the wind that'll get you heaven bound. The devil went down to Georgia, but he didn't stick around. This is God's country. Turn the dirt and work until the week's done. We take a break and break bread on Sunday, then do it all again. Cause we're proud to be from God's country. I saw the light in a sunrise, sitting back in a 40 on the muddy riverside, getting baptized in holy water and shine with the dogs running. Save by the sound of a been found, Dixie whistled in the wind, that'll get you heaven bound. The devil went down to Georgia, but he didn't stick around. This is God's country.
my headstone reads or what kind of pine wood box I end up in when it's my time lay me six feet deep in God's country I saw the It was all that I could do to keep from crying. Sometimes it seems so useless to remain. But you don't have to call me darling, darling. Never even call me by my name You don't have to call me Waylon Jennings And you don't have to call me Charlie Price And you don't have Call me Merle Haggard anymore Even though you're on my fighting side And I'll hang around as long as you will let me And I never mind it standing in the rain You don't have to call me darling, darling. You never even call me by my name. Well, I've heard my name a few times in your phone book. And I've seen it. All signs were played, but the only time I know I'll hear David Allen call is when Jesus has his final judgment day. And I never mind it standing 
in the rain. But you don't have to call me darling, darling. You never even call me by my name. Well, a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song. He told me it was the perfect country and western song. I wrote him back a letter and I told him it was not the perfect country and western song because he hadn't said anything at all about mama or trains or trucks or prisons or getting drunk. Well, he sat down and wrote another verse to the song and he sent it to me and after reading it, I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song, and I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison, and I went to pick her up in the rain. Before I could get to the station in the pickup truck, she got run over by a damned old train. And I'll hang around as long as you will let me. Oh!